0: Ramble
1: Oh, yeah everybody welcome to the tripod everybody it's my birthday everybody happy birthday to me everybody we're gonna talk about things that we like and things that we hate and things that make us laugh and things that make us cry it's my birthday happy birthday how old are you 33 how do you feel i feel okay (laughs) good You know, last year, my my birthday was overshadowed by the book release. But at the same time, that's pretty dope to release a book on your birthday. Mm. And the year before that, my birthday was overshadowed by our channel launch. But that's okay, because also starting a YouTube channel is pretty dope. But now this year, my birthday is overshadowed by a pandemic. And also, uh, everybody's suddenly realizing they need to fight a lot harder against systemic racism. Which is good! (laughs) 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 that's a good thing these are all good
2: things hey hey, I'm thrilled to share my birthday with this yeah
3: I mean you know so when do you think it'll be your day Mm. when do you think Mm -hmm. there'll be a Keith birthday where there's absolutely nothing else going on and it can just be your day I think it was when I turned 30 a few years ago
1: (laughs) (laughs) I think I had a fried chicken tasting birthday party. I got fried chicken from five or six oh. different places. That was a uh, we the fried chicken bouquet, we sang, bouquet at work. We sang karaoke in my house. Anyway, welcome to the tripod.
3: <laughs> <laughs> when, was that when Becky gave you the fried chicken bouquet? Yes, yes. I believe that yeah. was the, yes, that was, that was the year.
1: Yeah, Becky normally gives me some sort of fried chicken surprise. Uh, once it was a cake, but it was really just like mashed potato. It was, you know, it was a cake. Uh, One year was a bouquet. Uh, Last year, I think we just got fried chicken. But she always used to give me the shirts that say Keith uh, a million Mm. times.
2: Which we somehow, we still don't sell. Which is, I would wear a Keith shirt. You know, what's going on? Also, like, I can't wear it. Because if I wear it out in public, somebody's
1: like so your name is keith i'm like yeah <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
3: yeah it is <laughs> thanks <laughs> you got me you got me i i found a, a like a case full of some of our old merch like old old original stuff like oh, limited wow. like uh, you can't find it anymore uh and one was that the uh the i'm the clitoris meme of you and I put it on, and I was like, I don't feel comfortable wearing this outside. I'm wearing an illustration of a man in a vagina costume. Yeah. But Keith, 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 I would do that. That would, that would be okay with me. I
1: used to, I've always had Keith shirts. It's a long-running thing in my life. But my favorite one as a kid, Is a kid, I had one that was me, and then it was a tiny me on my shoulder. And it said Keith underneath. And then in college, I had one that said Keith, but it had a picture of my friend that was not named Keith. (laughs) A a video that's not out, so people haven't seen it yet. But uh, I would say that Eugene's pancake art as itself would make a good demo for the shirt. Oh, yeah. Eugene, to remind
0: people who haven't seen, what was your pancake art?
1: Well, no, no one's seen it yet. No oh. one, no one has.
0: There's seen no it yet.
3: reminding, Miles. Do you not, oh. Are you
0: not keeping up with our channel, dude? Sorry, a tease. I, I didn't even know that we
3: had a YouTube channel. Miles is only in the audio verse. <laughs> you win a Webby, and you forget about everything that got you there. Miles yeah. is like, I don't see color or light. Yeah. I only hear things. <laughs> exactly. I Only hear sound.
0: I just listen to the YouTube videos as a podcast. It makes a lot less sense, for sure. Uh I actually think a
3: lot of people do that. You know, you load it up in one tab, fire it up, then you start browsing around. Eugene, you got a haircut.
4: I did get a haircut, finally. You look handsome. I get like two haircuts a year, so this is my... I think this is my second, but I often cut my hair, and it's still very long, so this one I went pretty short. It's nice. I I forget that I put extra work into trying to like maintain lion-like hair when I really could just get haircuts, but... (laughs) <laughs> Here we are, I like to make life harder on myself
1: But also, every haircut There's a risk <laughs> Not really <laughs> with you because you use the same uh, uh, You know, you use David Dang and There's no
3: risk, but for me, it was a risk Because I couldn't always get the guy I wanted And there was a risk Oh, oh, I thought you meant uh, coronavirus risk. You're just saying playing a hairdresser roulette at <laughs> yeah, the shop. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes oh yeah, that's, I don't... that's a little risky. That's true. That's risky. You
1: don't get the good person. Oh, I'm getting somebody who's not as good as Nikki. Like, the guy who runs the barbershop is amazing. Everybody else is fine.
2: I will say I had I think I shared this on the podcast once, but I had a hair emergency once. I needed a haircut. My normal dude couldn't do it. And I was like, Keith, where do you get your haircut? It seems like it's approachable, easy enough. And I went, and I got some random person there. And it was so comically the worst haircut that a human (laughs) being could ever get. I said, leave the top long, bring in the sides. She, like, buzzed the top, kept my sides long and poofy. It was Uh, a nightmare. And also, my glasses come off. When I'm getting the haircut, I don't know what's going on until the end. It's a nightmare, but then I go to like, to the mirror, she doesn't, she doesn't give me a brush or anything, you know how like, the barber, they they brush you off afterwards, they get all those Mm. little hairs off you, she didn't do that, she gave me a towel, and then I go to the bathroom, and there's like, hair all over my face, Uh, it was so insultingly bad, I was livid, I was so upset. Yeah, I I gave a bad tip, but I still gave a tip. It's gonna be eighteen <laughs> percent. Yeah, yeah <exactly.
0: laughs> take that eighteen <laughs> percent. Well, team, uh, people in the world are freaking upset and getting wild, and they've turned to you for advice. Oh, how about how about, how about that? Huh? Oh. Eugene's Ooh. got a sexy new haircut, and people want to know how he did it. Well. <laughs> There's an advice email called advice that will go for miles at gmail.com. And people write in, sometimes they write into the other one where they're wasted. Um, I'm drunk try guys at gmail.com. But either way, they have questions for you.
3: So this is an only sober the well Hot yes line. like right. you, you gotta be sober you Yeah, gotta we be can't... thinking clearly really <laughs> break it down five paragraph structure yeah we
2: have no <laughs> way of knowing for sure <laughs> right people <could laughs> cannot be... confirm the sobriety yeah. of the questions <laughs>
0: exactly this one is a little wacky how about that uh <laughs> <laughs> eugene can i get a fake name for this uh person writing in about their dad uh mulch mommy Mulch mommy,
2: well that makes it sound like it's their wife, but mulch mommy, nonetheless we're we're pushing forward. Well Miles, a little fun fact, all mulch mommies have mulch daddies. Of course they do.
0: Uh, is a mulch mommy somebody who works at
2: like Lowe's Home Improvement and they sell
0: mulch?
1: You guys oh, you ever have- get mulch in your eye? It hurts.
0: <laughs> anyway, mulch mommy <laughs> writes, um, Dear Miles, my sister's family, my dad, and I have a weekly Zoom call to catch up. My sister has two daughters,
1: of which are relatively young. Is this a math problem? (laughs) It sounds like a word problem
2: so far. It sounds like I'm supposed to...
1: How many sisters (laughs) like donuts? (laughs) Yeah, I'm going
0: to do word math problems for you guys. That'd be a fun podcast. Uh Um, uh, My sister has two daughters, of which are relatively young. My dad can't seem to grasp the fact that everyone can see him in the Zoom call, and it's not a phone call. We have tried to explain this to him, but he keeps just saying, if it's called a Zoom call, then that means you can't see me. I mean, I have to admit his logic is seamless. This has created an assortment of problems. On multiple occasions, he has answered the call completely naked. He stands up from oh, his- no. <laughs> he stands- yikes, <laughs> He stands up from his chair, swinging his junk everywhere. What? It slaps on the cabinets, grazes the no. floor,
2: and thrashes. No, no, <laughs> right. no! This, this is, is a lie. This, this is, of is made no, up. <laughs> no, Miles. How dare you Keep read going. this? Also,
3: I'm, I'm now, I'm very uncomfortable calling the writer Mulch Mommy. <laughs> and You
2: read this smut on my podcast, Miles, on this award-winning, classy-ass podcast. <laughs> yeah, you read this smut more? about yeah, someone's yeah, the dad's dongle there. sweeping around and hitting okay. cabinets. Cabinets? Oh my uh, god. There's
3: no need for this level of <laughs> descriptive language in an advice query. Okay.
2: What about our <laughs> podcast makes you think you we want to hear this?
3: I want to hear it. I
0: want to hear uh, it. I mean, uh, I want to hear it, but Okay, it slaps on the cabinets, grazes the
3: floor, and thrashes. Can you read it with like a romance novel voice, though? I just need to get in the mood. You're not really doing it. Ned, are
0: you telling me you want me to be sexier on the podcast? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It slaps on the cabinets, (laughs) grazes the floor, and thrashes on all the innocent pieces of furniture in his kitchen.
3: Innocent pieces of furniture? (laughs) (laughs) Like the furniture didn't do anything to deserve a dingle dong, slapping against it.
0: In parentheses, it says, totally not an exaggeration. So maybe that was an exaggeration. My sister has to avert her children's eyes while her wife has to explain to him why he has to put on pants. Please help me get to my dad's brain about not denting my niece's pure minds. I still want to be able to do Zoom calls because my dad lives alone and I don't want him to get
1: lonely. Sincerely, Mulch Mommy. Didn't, didn't they just say that the mom told him to put on pants, but he, he lives alone?
0: Well, the mama told him how to put on pants, but he doesn't quite understand that the Zoom call is not a real call. So, no, I get that. Maybe the says, mom
3: said over Zoom. Yeah. Are they not together?
0: Pants. No, they're not together. No, the problem is that they're Zooming the dad. He's somewhere else, and he keeps answering the call without I'm talking, pants. are they
1: divorced?
0: No, it's, it's no, not... It's- his, that's why mulch mommy was confusing. It's mulch mommy's daddy. They don't live together. <laughs>
3: oh, you're saying the mom as in the mulch mommy. Where's the, mom? the
0: no. mom? No, no,
4: There's guys, no the mom, mom the mom is There's mulch no mommy. Where? where is the mom? <laughs> mulch no mulch mommy's It's mulch mommy's sister. Mulch well, mommy's sister has kids. So it's mulch mommy, mulch auntie, and mulch auntie has two mulch nieces and then daddy, <laughs> daddy is naked.
0: Daddy's Nieces naked, is but granddaddy. Daddy's alone. He granddaddy. He a daddy? Daddy? He's a much de- granddaddy, and he's large yeah. grandmommy.
4: Grandmom, She might be dead from that dick.
3: <laughs> she might from dead oh from this dick. God. Oh, no. It sounds
4: huge. It sounds like if it's dragging <laughs> on the floor.
3: Flopping everywhere.
4: I mean, that's the way I'd like to go.
0: <laughs> yeah. <it's, laughs> it slaps on the cabinets, grazes the floor, and thrashes on the innocent pieces of furniture. Oh, so yeah. it is big, it
1: sounds. How much furniture is in their kitchen? Yeah, it's really normally (laughs) there's just the table and chairs.
4: I have a tip if (laughs) just the tip or if this is a true story, but maybe Mm -hmm. this is just good advice overall, have them um, either FaceTime or download Zoom on their cell phone because I've found that older people Mm -hmm. are better with FaceTiming on mobile phones as opposed Mm -hmm. to desktops. Mm -hmm. And they're usually they're not going to be looking down towards mulch dicky. They're going to keep it on daddy.
2: anyone over a certain age anyone over a certain age is exclusively capable of having their face in the lower bottom fifth of their screen shooting up towards <laughs> yeah. their nostrils as they look like, at the you like that, this
1: right you see yourself in a zoom call and you see other people so how is he denying that it's a video call if he's accepting yes at all because if he can see them like it doesn't make it doesn't track with me like how could he <laughs>
2: You know, I'm are you saying. saying that this ridiculously in-depth and graphic description of someone's father's penis is not a real story, Keith? It doesn't sound real. Uh, or it's it's an inside job. He's trying to express
1: himself through the he's art. He's trying of- to uh, I think that's a much grosser interpretation. I think he's that that's a sex crime. That's yeah. sexual harassment to knowingly be exposing yourself to children, Miles. Thanks yeah, for a, bringing that up. I'm just that's imagining
3: <laughs> the daughter is actually like a 45-year-old woman. Yes. And this is like a, a elderly gentleman. Yes. Okay. So the kids are adults. Yeah. That's that's what that's
2: what I think, yeah. I think you guys know what they say. Zoom me right. once, shame on you. Zoom me twice, shame on me. So mm. I, I'd say if this is continuing to happen, it's your mm-hmm. fault, Final advice from the Try Guys. Just fucking call him on the phone, okay? (laughs) This is not... Yeah,
0: that's good.
2: Moving on. What's next? Who's big dick problems we got to (laughs) solve next, Miles?
0: (laughs) All right. Someone else got a huge honker, and they're from... No. Um, I will say that I think that like Zoom etiquette is funny. Like this shot, like it looks all cool, but most of the time I'm zooming, it is like we're zooming with so many people, friends, Zoom drinks. I don't always make it look cute. Sometimes it's really bad looking.
1: You know, Eugene, yours kind of looks like a Zoom background. You're so even, and the background is so perfectly mm. like static. Yeah. Even though you've got a plant, that it looks to me like it's not real. Yeah. But I know it's real. I've been there. I know what your house looks like.
3: Man, my Zoom background used to be so cute. It was our cute guest room. <sighs> now we're like mid process of changing it from a guest room into like a toddler room, and it's just—I mm. mean, it's—it's it's kind of a. There's like an upright mattress behind me, and. <laughs> It's rough, man. I just tried to make <laughs> yeah. it as dark as possible so that my my beautiful figure is illuminated.
2: Maggie has uh, chided me. She says that my zoom, ba- my my podcast view is too ugly, which is not wrong. I'm like backlit from a window <laughs> behind me. I'm in some nondescript corner, but I was like, it's a you're podcast. A who cares? Yeah, you're in a row. Yeah, I'm too. naked. <laughs> you're like
0: nude coming to the yeah. podcast.
2: I'm actually naked. But I'm like, it's a podcast, so who cares? And then I forget that half our viewership, uh, for whatever reason, likes to watch. I never yeah. understood the desire to watch podcasts not to not to shit on our, our lovely audience who enjoys it. I just, mm. you know, I feel like the whole point of a podcast is that you can do other stuff while you're listening to us. I mean, like,
3: when do you think we're going to get off the Zoom? When do you think we're going to go IR? Oh, my God, Zach, you're taking off your robe. That's just, I I, I am very mulched out right now. Zach
0: is this old man from this the call. I wrote this email. <laughs> yeah, it was
2: my, me and Miles. When when do we think we can get back together? I mean, I don't know. I don't know. Do when when do we want to get back together? I, mean, I can't if not wear us pants. All of have been
3: quarantining, and we mm. you know take tests, and we all say we're negative, and we don't see anyone else. Then it's just as if all five of us went to the grocery
2: store once a week.
3: Yeah,
0: we just can't do any like lick lick marathons or kissing contests. <sighs> I
2: love lick marathons.
0: Yeah. Anyway, our next question's coming from somebody named Otters
1: Botters.
0: Otters Botters. Otters Botters. All right, here we go. This is a question from Otters Botters and it is about beer pong. Drop a BP in the chat. Okay. Hi Miles and perhaps the Try Guys. I love the podcast and your videos and all of you. Hashtag miles nation. Here's my dilemma. I love beer pong. <laughs> I think it's so fun and I get very competitive. However, the beer pong table is always run by upperclassmen bros and I don't feel welcome at the table as an underclassmen girl. It seems like Ooh, girls no. are only Blot allowed twist. to play if bros are trying to hook up with them. and I gener- And they generally don't take it seriously and are only focused on flirting, which I think is bullshit. <laughs> I also feel like, even if I did get into the game, I couldn't do badly because I would make a fool of myself after taking a big risk. But how am I supposed to get better if I don't enter the game in the first place? I thought y'all would be the best people to ask since you strike me as former beer pong bros, but nice ones, of course. (laughs) How do you dismantle the patriarchy of the beer pong table and play the game I love without getting intimidated? Thank you in advance for your advice. And apparently this person uh, has friends that went to my high school. So freaking shout
1: out. I will say, yeah, a lot of times you go to someone else's party. Well, first of all, you are in someone else's home, right? You're in their home and probably they run that table. So there's always house rules, which are always problematic. That's the first thing. People play the game differently. But yes, I would say there are always dicks. At a party who are like. No, I'm next. I don't fuck the list. I'm next. Yeah. And they're like, no, man, there's a whole there's a list we've all been waiting and, and you're also a dick and no one likes you. Right. But I don't know what the solution is. I, I, I'm glad to hear that there are like people out there who just like, I'm not in this to flirt. Yeah. I'm not in this to make yeah. friends. I wanna make I'm your here beer to have sink some floor dirt. In it.
0: Yeah. There should be two beer pong tables. One for pros who are serious about the game and one for people who are trying to like mash.
3: Yeah, one's yeah. like a social table. That's
1: what's like <laughs> I also think once a party gets to a certain capacity, you should switch to like a flip cup uh, yeah. something that can involve like right. ten to twelve people well, only
3: four peoples not not that much
1: and also sometimes those games you get to those last two cups it's, it, it's forever.
3: you know what they should adopt the uh, arcade system where when you wanna be next on an arcade game, you gotta slap your quarter down <laughs> right it's, it works on pool as well there's like you have a little line of physical mm-hmm. tokens that mm-hmm. says, hey, I'm next and I'm this person in line.
0: Eugene, did you play beer pong as a as a boy or as a man?
3: Oh yeah, in my diapers I was
4: ponging all over the place. <laughs> I love beer pong, uh, I love <laughs> beer games and those are really some of the most fun hangouts in college and in my 20s were definitely with a table set up in a backyard. Actually, you know, that never dies. I think as you get older, it's just a fun yeah. thing to do at parties. Uh, mm. You know, in my college experience, I did have a very diverse group of friends, uh, including many women. And I did have friends who were also in frats, so we would actually do a beer pong in some frats. And that's where you saw a lot of the situations I think she's describing mm-hmm. where there's a hierarchy, and it's a very like uh, machismo filled environment. Um, certainly, I knew, you know, girls would partner with each other, and they'd also kind of feel the double brunt of a lot of guys either hitting on them or, you know, making them feel a little uncomfortable. So my weird advice is always travel in groups one. And two, because most of these are partner games, if you have a friend who's really good and also happens to be a gay man who gives zero fucks, he will be the best buffer in that situation. Because Mm. I often have played with female friends and I can step up to the bros, but also tell them off if they're being nasty without Mm. fear of repercussions. Because I think at this point, most of them are just going to be like, no, we're not going to treat this in a overtly homophobic way, but you know what I mean? Like there's a environment that she's describing where it's like very like testosterone feel- filled and it can be very oppressive and intimidating. And um, you know, one, I think you should always feel comfortable. But two, if you have, if you have a gay friend who's like really good at beer pong and also mm. will not take any shit lying down, that's the perfect partner to bring in those
3: situations. Yeah, you gotta bring a ringer because you know, you're gonna go against the, the top dogs that have been running the table, the probably doing it every single weekend, maybe even every single day. And so, like, I remember a story as a freshman in college where, like, I went to a frat party and I brought my buddy and we were like, okay, we're going to play beer pong. And then we, like, waited in line for a while, you know. The thing that Keith said where somebody swooped in and they like declared themselves next and scooped us in line. That was upsetting. It happened. We were freshmen. You deal with it. We finally get on the table. We're like, oh, this is our chance. We're playing beer pong. This is awesome. We're going to win. Then we're going to just stay here because winner goes next. We got so smoked. <laughs> like Just absolutely steamrolled. Yeah. The game was over in a matter of minutes. Uh, because, uh, you know, when, when you, when you play, when you play in the big leagues, you got, you got to bring your A game.
1: Have you guys ever been in a beer pong competition at a bar? Because I've been in two. Whoa. (laughs) One of which was recently, one, one of the last trips to Hilton Head I did, Brian and I, my brother. Uh, We entered a beer pong competition and we got two rounds in, but in this (laughs) was it we're talking like March Madness tourney or yeah, yeah. it was like a bar that night had a beer pong tourney. It was only like a ten dollar buy in, (laughs) uh, but you also had to buy your own beer, which is, you know, it makes sense. but we played we got only we beat our first team and then the second team was very much Ned's situation we just got smoked by 2 22 year olds who clearly yeah. <laughs> only do this as in life uh, and they were also so mean and we we're like oh. there's no need to be mean we're not we're <laughs> yeah. like they were just so trash talking like oh, we're just trying to play the game mm-hmm. but the first time I did it it was in Florida on spring break and I was definitely 21 um, and somehow. <laughs> I we like I don't know how we did this. We were in a bar and somehow we are signed up for a beer pong tournament in a bar. Definitely twenty one, and we're playing. And it's me and my friend Jeff, and we are crushing it. Absolutely <laughs> destroying the game, and we keep winning. And we're like five games through. Like we're gonna be. We're in the final four, uh, and we at this point, run out of beer and we need to buy beer. But of course, we can't go buy beer even Uh though we're 21. And we somehow (laughs) tell our opponents because we're so much better than them that they have to buy the beer for us. And they bought it. They did it. And then we get to the final round. It's just us against the final team. And Jeff and I are like, we can't win. If we win, they'll know that we're definitely 21 because you have to go to the bar to retrieve them winnings. So we had to just throw the game but of course the opponents were also so drunk at this point that they were bad (laughs) like had to play the worst game ever just just to lose because like we've gone too far we don't need to win we have to lose and we almost still won we're like we're trying not to like once we threw it really hard and the guy batted it anyway and he batted it straight into his own cup we're like no
2: (laughs) (laughs) i've got some contrarian opinions about peter pong that drop about the bp First of all, (laughs) even pre-corona, if you're not playing with water cups, you're fucking disgusting. Yes. If you're you're (laughs) drinking beer out of the cup that you put this dirty-ass, dusty-ass ping-pong ball that's bouncing all over the party disgusting. Yeah. You mean the 10 cups are water cups? Yes! That is yes. gross, Ned. No. Yes. You're absolutely revolting. No, 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 no,
3: no, no. you have no. a water cup on the side, and you wash it before you- wash you, it? You you're that? a man of science! Yes. You know how
2: this works! You wash it before you sink, you know, you wash it before Ned, you tell throw me, it every time. Dipping, Wait. dipping your, your ball gingerly into a cup of water, does that <laughs> repel any germs? You're a man of science. It's you good know enough this. you're just trying to, like, not get a
4: <laughs> Hairball in there. Do you really think anyone who's at this type of party playing beer pong cares about germs from any <laughs> yeah. in any sense? What are you of, gonna do? They the should. Um, that's
2: what I'm here to <laughs> preach, y'all. I get that you're in God. college or you're, you're in high school and you're young and you're invincible, but grow the fuck up, all right? Germs <laughs> are real, and now the, we're post-corona.
3: Don't play beer pong Wait. if you're concerned Zach, about how that. Do you, how do you play it then?
4: Do you drink from a
3: separate? Yeah, oh, he's saying dude. you yeah, nurse yeah, a beer you, the you, entire time. And then, what do you like, do with the water? water.
2: Picture of water. You move you the, the water around, move it around. Out. Oh God, oh. this was contrarian. That's contrarian number one. I've got more to go, baby. <laughs> but also. Post Corona, that is now essential. I'm calling yeah. that a, yeah. a requirement. Yes. If you are playing beer pong, which, by the way, I don't want to be the Debbie Downer here and say that yeah, no one this this whole question is irrelevant because you ain't well, playing beer pong for a apart, while. you're six feet apart
1: though, and you're six feet apart, and you wear masks.
2: <laughs> okay, so contrarian number two, losers and winners get the fuck off the table. Oh. I think that oh. having winners. Listen, hear me out. Having winners stay at the table is toxic for a party. Because what you get, inevitably, is the two aggro alpha bros who are like, Woo, yeah, fuck yeah, beer pong. And it ruins the room for everybody. And the person asking this question is either intimidated or not allowed to play. Mm -hmm. And then you get this this oligarchy of beer pongers who are great at it. And everyone else, like me when I was in college, I'm like, I'm not going to fucking play that game. These guys do this like night and day so (laughs) i don't even want to even it's not even fun for anybody else because we can't even get into play you didn't have a you didn't have your own board at your own apartment brah we were we were uh stoners in my apartment so we didn't play
3: that game we took off a closet door and that was the board the closet door is just everybody's beer
1: pong table in their apartment
3: i put off and then put (laughs) it on some chairs there you go (laughs) off the hinge Yeah, just like deface college property just a little bit, and you're good to go.
4: Well, you know, I have a contrarian opinion to the contrarian opinion. I don't like party poopers. I don't like things that feel like they're bringing the vibe down. So I see how the aggro aspect can do that. But I think in most parties, the beer pong table which inevitably turns to Flip Cup, is one of the best social gatherings, especially when you are new to a party. So even watch stand... Do you know how many people you've met standing and watching other people play beer pong and you turn to them and a lot of the people who turn to each other say, I fucking hate those two. Like it's the first thing you can say at a party is you can point out the two most like faux alpha, stupid ass. Like they just came to try to play beer pong, and everyone just unites on, "Hey, what's your name? Oh, nice to meet you." Don't those guys guys suck? Yeah, those guys (laughs) fucking. Really think about it, Zach. I've made so many friends. Yeah, it
3: brings people together. Yeah, it brings
4: people together, Zach.
3: Honestly, playing beer pong is one of the least social things you can do.
4: It's true, but watching people play beer pong. And that's Rick social. Is yeah, yeah, that's yeah, it's a
3: gathering point. It's a
2: sporting event. You know what? I'm reflecting back on my life, and you are exactly right. Every gay
4: every party, when you topple the patriarchy by saying someone needs to fucking stop their beer pong, that is a lesson in itself. And then you come together as a democracy and you play flip cup.
2: It's it's a breeding ground for revolution. You know, you mm-hmm. you learn the micro revolution, how to overthrow, to topple the beer pong patriarchy, and you take that skill and bring it forth into yeah. the
3: world. Zach, you're advocating a mere reform of just oh, two bros get off the table and play a different flip cup or True. play we need to play smash. a different beer pong game. Got to completely overthrow things, right? Flip cup, all, <laughs> all of a sudden, you got the beer twenty people in there <laughs> having a great time.
2: <laughs> Abolish beer
1: pong. I mean, how much of the party's budget goes to the beer, the cheap beer for the beer pong table, right? When it could be going to more social things for other people. Because when you do that, then the people who have that oligarchy of the beer pong table, they're going to get all of the beer. So they're consuming
3: all of the party budget just for themselves. That's a great point. And you would think it would self-correct while when someone is winning, they get drunk. And then they'd start doing badly,
2: but it just takes so long for that to happen. If we abolish the beer pong table, we can invest in things like a karaoke machine, (gasps) right? Things like a bubble machine, perhaps (laughs) lights for the ceiling. We can make this community of the party
1: thrive. Uh, so for my 21st birthday, I went down to college. I was you know, working in the summer at
2: home, but I went down to college for that weekend. This is the 21st birthday the same year that you won the beer pong tournament when you were definitely 21? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, no, yeah, yeah. I, uh, my dad had, ex- had done like, you know, the pergo, the snap in fake wood flooring. My yeah. parents had like replaced their floor with that, and there was some extra of that left over. So I thought, what if you made a beer pong table out of flooring? And I took all this stuff, I went to my college apartment, and I built a beer pong table out of the wood flooring, and also I put a tile in the center, and I called it the floorboard. And it hmm. was uh, our beer pong table, but I also took apart the infrared sensors of a air hockey table and I'd put it so that if you pushed a button when you made a cup, on the scoreboard, it would go one. And it just so happened that this air hockey table was scored one to ten. And that's Whoa. how many cups of beer pong there are. Whoa. So we actually had a scoreboard for the beer pong in our uh, apartment. And we would <laughs> every time you got to ten, we'd make the whole party shut up. And that person would hit that button and it would go, beep, 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 beep. <laughs> Beep 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 beep, and then everyone would fucking go nuts.
0: That Keith, you were like the Tennessee Jimmy Neutron, like you were taking, <laughs> m- making mini golf, making fucking beer pong tables.
1: Yeah, I like
2: making stuff. Yeah. Does that make me Carl Weezer? Absolutely. Oh, fuck <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm gonna just go ahead and guess that of us. Hmm. I'm trying to see who is the most likely to be a bouncer of the group. The guy, not a bouncer of the party, but the guy who tries to bounce uh, to get two cups at once. I think that's a Ned move for sure. As soon as you're looking away, I
1: can tell by his
2: little grin, that is definitely a Ned move. Yeah, that's a Ned move. Hell yeah. But the
3: thing is, you got to get it if you're going to try to bounce. You got (laughs) to get it. You got to get it. You got to do it when it's like a full stack of cups, maximum impact, but... (laughs) And and this is what you do. You say to your partner beforehand, like, all right, I'm going to try and bounce it. <laughs> you throw it at the same time so that if they try and slap it, they might accidentally slap your ball. Yep. And they'll either mm-hmm. slap it and get a penalty or, best case scenario, you bounce it, you get it in. They get it in, same cup, four cups, ball's back, game over. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, yeah. No, I, 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 like
2: to, I like to play a little sneaky, a little sneaky. All of these stories of drinking games and social events is making me think of uh, the moment that we're in right now. And I kind of, I don't, wouldn't call this a correction per se, but I was thinking back on our podcast last week and I felt a little guilty Hmm. because I think we were talking about uh, the things that we want to get back to. And I was talking about how I would maybe roll the dice for a movie theater if I could, because, oh, I just want to go see a movie. But then I was thinking about Coronavirus and its current state, and where we're at right now, and how the country is somewhat cavalier cavalierly Cav- uh, is that in a cavalier fashion <laughs> reopening. Uh, we haven't finished our first wave. We're just kind of pretending that it is over. You know, a thousand people are still dying every day in the United States. I think that we've forgotten that over a hundred thousand people have died. Um, and I'm very concerned. I think that we have just kind of given up. the The coronavirus task force hasn't met in months, apparently. Like, or in, in over a month, it just is like it's really fucked up. So, if I could just say one thing, mm. is please, for the love of fucking God, wear your goddamn mask. If you're like, well, I don't know anyone who's died, or I feel fine, I don't care. If you're listening to this podcast, wear your motherfucking mask. And if you don't want to wear a mask, then guess what? You're not allowed to listen to my podcast anymore. That's Whoa. what I'm going to say. That's, That's what right. I'm going to say. But it's just like, if we all wore a mask, mm-hmm. if we all did this, we could get back to life. But if we don't do that, then it's going to get worse again. We're going to have to go in a shutdown again. The economic fallout is going to last longer. A lot of fucking people are going to die. Ugh. It makes yeah. it I got really upset this week thinking about it. Um, yeah. And then even like Beijing is starting to go back into shutdown again because even though they were really, really careful and really vigilant, they're experiencing a second wave. This isn't over yet. There, are, you see the Orlando airport. You see what happened there? I no, just saw that before we happened? recorded oh, this. Oh
1: boy, they tested their 500 or so employees and 260 of them had coronavirus. Oh my as God. It's an international Ooh. airport. And also, like, it just like that. Oh, all those people, you know, have families and all those families. And and Florida is not the best behaved state in my er experience. (laughs) 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 In my experience, they're not known for loving to obey the rules. (laughs) So I just, I, oh, boy. I, I'm I'm concerned. And Houston, uh or or Texas rather today had like a big spike that was like double their average that they've had over the last month, just like today or yesterday. It's I mean it's it's imminent uh yeah. the, the repercussions of a few weeks ago and and, and neck a few weeks from now will be it will be even <clears throat> more detrimental to what we're doing now. So yeah, it's not about protecting yourself with the mask, it's about protecting those around you with the mask. Everyone wearing a mask is actually protecting you. So when you look at them judgmentally about wearing their mask, they're actually protecting you. That's that's how the masks work. We protect one another by wearing the mask, not ourselves.
3: Yeah, it's really... Uh, I think it's one of those viruses that's very set up for uh, humans to not really understand it. If it's a... All the indicators are lagging like three to five weeks, and it's something that can be transmitted if you're not having symptoms. That's like contrary to it's so many other things that we deal with in life. You know, you're used to like immediate feedback where if you're coughing, okay, that's when you're sick. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, okay, you open up businesses. Okay. We'll see like the results of that a couple days later. No, the something that happened a month ago, you're like, Look, that's so, that's so, it's so intangible. And I think it's going to really lead people to be complacent and mm-hmm. to, uh, forget and to, uh,
2: not take it as seriously. We want you to play beer pong. That's what we're trying to get at. With water (laughs) cups, because everything else is gross. We want to get you back to that. So help us get you back to that. Wear your mask.
4: Don't you kind of feel like, though, society now is at a cultural breaking point where Mm -hmm. we are essentially going to preach these things to the same choir who is going to abide by it? I think the outliers that are... Here's the thing is that whether it be coronavirus or the Black Lives Matter movement, Mm -hmm. you have people who implicitly are given privilege by the system and they don't understand how the system oppresses others. And that's like a very Mm -hmm. basic idea. It involves Mm -hmm. this much amount of reading and this much amount of empathy (laughs) to understand it implicitly. So where do they redirect all of this anger that they feel in this backlash to things that they feel like they should have control over, which are these tiny little inconveniences? I don't know if you see, saw the video of, uh, I don't know, Officer Karen, the cop who 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 had a breakdown because she believed the she McDonald's employees until. were withholding her egg McMuffin. And it was and this moment where I was, was just like... She was
2: afraid of poisoning, right?
4: And I was afraid of being poisoned. And it was one of those <sighs> things where you just kind of realize that there are uh, there's a complete lack of understanding of what this entire movement is. And I think that the same thing can be somewhat equated to those who refuse to wear their masks. Like people are being off, t- taken off planes because they won't put their mask on because they think it is infringing upon their basic human rights. And the whole idea is that, do you understand who is really being hurt in terms of human rights atrocities through the past and through the present? like? That's what most people are trying to work towards bettering. And you're sitting there being a little fucker (laughs) saying it's 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 too hard to breathe in this thing. Uh, Someone's holding holding my fucking McDonald's griddle breakfast, you know, and in the end, who gets hurt? People fucking people on the far right are trying to attack fast food workers and service employees, you know, it's like, again, a total misunderstanding of those who Mm -hmm. are already pushed down by the system. So I think it. I don't know. It's come to a point where I'd love to maybe try to, to, to support and say that the change is possible for a lot of those who, you know, maybe our parents, maybe those who, can, who will bend an ear, a sympathetic ear at least. Mm-hmm. But I think some people might just be a little too far gone and I have zero sympathy <laughs> for them.
0: And I think that actually brings us to our next thing that we want to talk about, which is that it's Pride Month. So, um, uh, But at the same time, we're in a very like intense point in our country, and
2: it's all part of the same issue. Um, we were actually thinking about this. I don't know how, how and when Pride started.
4: You might have seen more uh, tweets or news about this, but when Pride was essentially canceled worldwide, uh, it was not really canceled because the idea of Pride has always been steeped in protest, it was born from protests. The first Pride marches and parades came a year after the Stonewall Rebellion. So they began. Oh, it was, oh I didn't know. Yeah, it was inspired by and driven by Stonewall because Stonewall and the, uh, the different uprisings that happened uh, before it in the late 60s to 1969, um, the main driver of what came out of that was the LGBT plus community realizing that we had to. Uh, we had an imperative to become visible. And the idea of pride was not only just like, hey, look at me in my you know colorful costume dancing around on, on the street, which is fantastic. That's an expression of pride. But the whole idea of being able to do that, imagine especially like in 1970, is that you are um, bringing uh, danger in a way in, into your own space that you previously had tried to hide that aspect of yourself because it's so... Mm marginalized. And I think that um, when the Black Lives Matter movement really started uh, gaining speed, picking up speed um, right before Pride, many of us in the community realized that this was just something that was in tandem with the uh, DNA of what the Pride Parade is, which is it is standing up against police brutality. It is um, saying that just like the first um, people who really stood up as Stonewall, which were um, black trans people, drag queens, lesbians. Uh, It it was a very diverse group. And I think that that's another message that really came out of that history, which is um, there's so much diversity, even within the umbrella term of LGBTQ+, that uh, is the origins for which we march. And I think that um, it echoes so much with what's been happening in terms of the cultural uh, shift to be able to highlight those oppressed voices. And so it's interesting because I think a lot of people, especially over the past, uh, couple of decades, kind of Mm -hmm. maybe misconstrued, um, particularly young people that maybe pride was just in essence, a celebration or a party. And then again, like corporations and companies jumped on it and decided (laughs) this was a great way to get gay money. And I think that people, some people forgot. Get that gay um, money. Yeah. Get that gay money. <laughs> that gay money. You <laughs> realize that rainbow dollar, you know, can pay the bills. So I think that if anything, I think this is a really uh, wonderful moment for learning and for mm-hmm. people to understand, even, you know, allies who, who come to, to, to celebrations like pride parades, that the reason why they're marching down the street is because it started as marches. It started as protests. So I think that's the one thing we can never forget moving forward.
2: Heath, maybe I think you mentioned this in relation to Black Lives Matter of like, there's one thing to show up on the day of the protest, there's another to enact it in your life. Mm -hmm. And so I'm wondering, Eugene, what is like, what is the best way for someone to be an ally? Because certainly uh, in years past, it feels like pride has just become straight girl Coachella where it's like, oh fun, I get to go to this thing for a day and dress up in a fun, colorful costume, and then I go back to my life where I I ignore uh, gay rights altogether, right? And it's you can't do that.
4: I think there's no, like, straight answer, (laughs) (laughs) to how to be the perfect ally. You can't really be a a perfect ally to anyone, but um, I think people just need to remember that even with the news, you see things like J.K. Rowling's transphobic statements, you see the... um, the Trump administration's ruling about, you know, rolling back non-discriminatory discriminatory healthcare practices for LGBTQ people. Uh, people. Um, then the Supreme Court was like, but you also can't fire people for their LGBTQ plus identities, which is kind of a win, but also that should have always been the rule. Right. Yeah, <laughs> so it's sort right. of a, okay, sure, thanks. Um, <laughs> the reason why these protests and celebrations and marches are still happening is because daily, LGBTQ people are facing discrimination. Like that's kind of the bottom line, especially uh, trans people. And I think that's where some people kind of lose this uh, broader sense of allyship because they think that maybe just taking that one Instagram photo or tweeting that one tweet is enough, but um, being tapped into what is happening to uh, the community day after day, especially with something as egregious and horrible as a uh, black trans woman being murdered, but also as like bigger picture as what the conservative administrations try to do to lessen the freedoms for the entire community. Those are things that being aware of at the very least will give you a sense of why the reaction from queer people is always uh, tinged with a sense of needing to uh, express ourselves, needing to fight for our freedoms and whether that be the way that we display ourselves uh, with our sexuality or our gender expression or our identities. I think some people get confused even when they're like, I can't even like wrap my mind around non-binary. It's just sort of this idea that you just got to listen and respect that this is a space that people are, are coming from where uh, the world at large is and historically been generally against them. So I think that's kind of the, the bottom line is to just, you know, come with a, come with an empathetic ear. And I think that's what, most people lose these days.
1: Yeah, empathy is something that I'm seeing uh, a lot of our country it it lacks enough of, mm-hmm. and I, I I don't really understand. And I think it's because it's hard to empathize with something you don't understand. And if you aren't persecuted, and if you you know if your rights are valued, it's hard to understand that that's not happening for everybody. But I think that when you openly like reject proof of it. Like on Twitter you or, or Google, you can just Google uh, the abuse that's going on or has gone on forever. You can uh, Google how, you know, our country has been built on slavery and how even when we signed the Declaration of Independence, it kind of had a loophole saying, yeah, yeah, but not black people. Uh, <laughs> it, like, it, it, you know, the, these things have happened. And just because you haven't heard them before, doesn't mean when you hear them now, you should reject them. You should hear them now and consider them mm-hmm. and look it up and realize that it's okay to have been wrong. Think of that as past yourself. You're not that person anymore. That's a stranger. That's not you. You are who you are now, and you can change your mind. And you can, you know, if you also, like, if you have known you've done bad stuff and you really want to change, you actually have to do active good stuff. It's not all just stopping doing bad things like people have asked me about the eat the menu chick-fil-a because they Mm. had stopped doing the uh anti-lgbt donating to those organizations but they didn't start donating to pro-lgbt organizations right so like just because you stop doing (laughs) bad Doesn't mean you're good. (laughs) You have to do both. And like, until they have done something active to undo what they've done in the past, why would I support them? Mm -hmm. Like, just because you stop, like, it's like, okay, I'm gonna stop punching Ralph, so (laughs) I'm cool now, right? It's like, no, you punched Ralph like for like six years. Ralph's really (laughs) fucked up now. It's like, yeah, but like I'm not anymore, so. It's all good. Like, no, you need to apologize to Ralph. Maybe buy Ralph Ralph a vacation or something. Say like, sorry about that, Ralph. I I didn't know I was being a total dick. (laughs) You
4: bring up a great point where expressing your um, anti-LGBTQ perspective um, is not the same as being quiet about it or being in a (laughs) sense like saying that you're not homophobic (laughs) or transphobic isn't the same as being pro- LGBT, yeah, yeah right. like we 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 all went through this, like you know your mom, your friend's mom, Karen, who might be very Christian, and Ralph's a little gay, and she would say, oh, you know what I just learned, you should not call the kids gay. Don't call him gay. Don't use that word. But he's still going to hell. You <laughs> right, know what I mean? Right. It's like that attitude. I know you still think I'm going to hell, right. even if you think you can say I'm gay or not. Like so, that's kind of the the thing is that people need to be more impassioned to want to support others and be open to uh, experience those identities. I think that people are just like really, it's a great disservice to everyone and their own growth to like, harbor ill will and and borders for people who can like enrich your experience in life. Like it's just, I think that's just the saddest thing.
2: And that's the least you can do during something like Pride Month is it's like, okay, we're not asking you to just overnight change your opinion. I mean, I am asking you to do that, but just (laughs) during this month, Listen, just yeah. listen. And, and it is so ridiculous for any person to assume that they understand the entirety of human uh, psyche and, and who people are and what they believe. Just listen to what other people believe. And, and yes, as you said, you might get enriched by it. And Ned,
4: I, you went to Pride Parades uh, quite a bit, right?
3: Oh, yeah. I, I lived basically in the gay neighborhood in Chicago, Boys Town, in, uh, you I, know, in Lakeview. great bars uh so you know there's a pride parade in my backyard every year and i would go support and it was i I actually didn't really know until um we're talking about it and i'm I'm like furiously googling in the background here about the history of the pride movement uh but like i i you know i i had a lot of close gay friends my college roommate was gay and then i felt like in the bride parades in Chicago it was like one big party and a celebration and a kind of an expression of being out and proud. And I didn't, I didn't understand the, the, the political significance of it. And, you know, if you think about it, like the civil rights act was only in the, you know, it was just about 50 years ago. And then only now in 2020, there's a court ruling that is like reaffirming, uh, that sex mm-hmm. refers to to like everyone, you know, everyone and gender, and like that's that's kind of crazy to me that they're like in 2020 you're reaffirming that a gay person can't be fired for being gay, and that only 50 years ago, 55, 56 was even a law about it in the first place. So that before that there were you know legal discriminatory, not just like socially discriminatory practice, but like you could legally things could happen to you for. being who you are i mean that that i guess it it kind of puts it into perspective for me of how how important it is it is also a a protest and a movement still that requires political and social action
4: we have to remember that the lgbtq plus community is still at risk especially in a lot of in a lot of countries like it is still illegal in some countries to be openly gay to be uh, openly trans. These are, it's crazy if you don't know that like gay men or men who have sex with men were only allowed to give blood in 2015 or 2016. It was illegal for us to give blood before that. Even if you were in, um, like in the Pulse shooting, uh, our own community could not give blood because after that ruling happened, if you're a gay man, you still have to provide documents that say you have not had sex with a man in the past six months to give blood. As a gay man who has sex with, a man a lot (laughs) that's like impossible (laughs) for many of us like that's it's just so antiquated and these are ingrained in laws it's insane and one other thing i think that is really important to point out is lgbtq plus lgbtqia is a mouthful right it's it's a huge umbrella no community is monolithic i think this also speaks to this idea that you know, the black community is not monolithic. The same for Asians. Like, who the fuck? I mean, it's a very white-centric, Eurocentric thing, but who the fuck said Asian for what is literally the largest population in the world with the <laughs> most, like, diverse, like, histories of yeah. all these countries, and we're all Asian? It's this crazy thing. And I think even in the um, queer community, we have to learn that we have a uh, education ourselves to empathize and learn about each other. I mean, I wasn't born with an entire knowledge of of pride or of trans people's experience of non-binary experience. I'm a, a cisgendered, um, gay man who in many ways was pretty naive to that. I had to grow into learning that. So it's not impossible even for us in our community to, to learn how to get to a point where we can be accepting. And that's something that applies to everyone. It's just, when you are queer, uh, you're given a little bit more of a, of a, a crash course because we lead with love and we lead with this idea that we can say all these these letters in this acronym because we accept that the diversity is there and ever changing. That's why there's a plus, right? And one thing I know that a lot of people's parents maybe say is like, I don't understand why there are so many like labels that people have. Like, why is, what's a demisexual? What's a bisexual? That That's the thing I never got. Like, you know, that's always the argument. But if you think about it, it's just like the openness to even be able to say we're going to respect your your uh, identity and, and you are allowed to name it. You're allowed to name yourself. That's so powerful. And I think that's something that every community can start learning from because we're so used to being like, this is this group. We're going to push them to side and label them this. And I think one thing queer people have, at least in the modern era, is that we are really adamant about letting people, even if it's one person who wants to name themselves one identity,
1: fucking do it. I mean, we have 3,000 types of apples.
2: Nobody's got a problem with that. Yeah. You know why? Because the apples are different. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Did you know, by the way, this is one of my favorite videos that our buddy Shane Madey made back in the day, uh, that there are as many types of bananas as they're all apples, but we don't eat them And it's this crazy thing. Oh, I'm totally changing the topic really quick. But that there should be a diversity of bananas because then there's the banana that we're eating now. Wait, listen to this. The banana that we're eating now is different than the banana that we were eating in the 50s because there is a banana disease. It's like a parasite and it's traveling continent to continent and slowly destroying our monoculture of bananas. And if we had... Uh, a variety of bananas, we would be able to weather that storm. It's great. You should go check that out. Learn if you can bananas.
1: ever take a trip to Hawaii again, you can try something closer to the old bananas we ate. They're called oh, really? apple bananas. <laughs> and I'm not kidding. They're called apple bananas. And they're good. And they're little. And they're good. And they're sweet. And they're apple bananas, <sighs> wow, which is I the funniest name Weird. for a banana.
2: <laughs> I, uh, I've been thinking this is a little broader than pride but just with everything and frankly the last four years of of Trumpism I've been thinking about the damage of the myth of American exceptionalism and you know we've grown up in this idea that USA is number one chanting USA we're the greatest country in the world and we did it we figured out democracy we beat the Nazis (laughs) and life is good guys and as a result it has created this damaging narrative that we are the best. And so any criticism of the best means that you're un-American when really what we know is that to be the best, you need to constantly re-evaluate yourself and you need to challenge and push yourself. And the idea that we are at a point where we're past criticism, we're past growth is so stunting, let alone wrong. I mean, our narrative, the history of our country fails to observe... The, you know, history is written by the winners, and so we don't look at the horrible things that we did to get to this point. But even mm. so, this idea that we can't look in the mirror and think about ways to improve, how fucking stupid is that?
1: <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of things we can improve on as people. And I challenge all our listeners, uh, learn something more about pride during this month. Learn something more about uh, the history of our country during this month. Don't celebrate my birthday today. Instead, celebrate Juneteenth tomorrow. Mm-hmm. I, I would look it up if you haven't, if you don't know what it means. It's very important. And it actually, we should celebrate that instead of the 4th of July. Or or if we're going to celebrate the 4th of July, we need to goddamn celebrate both because, <laughs> uh, you know... Truly, uh, our country wasn't really free. It still isn't free. We made it a a company holiday this year. Yeah, we did. And we encourage you to ask your employers to do the same. If you run a business, we encourage you to do the same. Um, It's just honoring a significant moment in history. That Even if you look it up, it's pretty fucked up. They didn't even find out for two months after... The end of the civil war that they should have been freed already and uh, it's it's there's some fucked up shit obviously so learn more about it so you can be more aware so that you have more impassion uh, when you're doing something to help make a difference whether that's donating calling somebody who represents you there's a lot of ways to do something there's also those playlists that you can watch on youtube or just put on where the ad revenue goes to uh black charities Support the black businesses. Help everybody out. Everybody should succeed. I was—I've been thinking that you know, Black Lives Matter. I, black lives should thrive. They shouldn't just matter. they, they you know, everybody should thrive. We—we we should be in this free, amazing country where anything's possible, and we should help each other have those opportunities.
4: Hell yeah! Do not let anyone tell you you are a singular, monolithic banana that was yeah. engineered. <laughs> that was engineered by oppressive powers. No, you are all beautiful, diverse. Apples, whether you are yet to be discovered or identify as one of the hundreds of varieties.
2: Diversify bananas, abolish beer pong, and (laughs) happy pride, Black Lives Matter.
1: But if you aren't sure what other ways you could improve yourself other than the many ways we have listed in our podcast the last few weeks, maybe it's a simpler problem you need some advice for. And we've got advice for simple problems from a simple man we call Miles Bonsignore with advice that will go for miles with Miles Bonsignore.
0: Simple man.
1: Ooh.
2: It's advice that'll go for miles Everyone get ready Miles Nation Miles Nation Go yeah. It's advice go that'll off. go for miles It's advice that for miles It's advice that'll go for miles I was still going!
0: Thank you so much to Mini Coppin' Heifer. What's up, Miles Nation? How y'all doing tonight? A uh, quick little note. I've decided after the request to stop calling the Miles Nation bitches because it's inappropriate and honestly, we stand a queen who changes and I'm talking about me. I will no longer I will no longer be referring to you as a derogatory word. I meant it out of love, but you know what? I'm freaking changing it, baby. Miles Nation for all, freaking Miles for President. What's up, you stinky little cuties? Have you ever- <laughs> <laughs> <What>? <laughs> have you? That's
1: <laughs> uh, better. way better. It's way better.
0: I, I I don't want to make anybody upset or annoyed and I freaking understand it. I have no defense. What's up you stinky little cuties? How are y'all doing tonight? <laughs> Hey, what's up everybody, my name is Miles Bonsignor. I'm 49 years old, and I'm gonna teach you how to live your best life. Have you ever wanted to, mm, I don't know, change it or something? You, you got too many possums in your sewage pipes running all around? Well, guess what, okay? I'm gonna teach you not only how to be, have better hair, but how to have better sex. Well, <laughs> oh, what? Still listening? Oh, I hope not. Anyway, <laughs> we love electronics, and I know where you think this is going. Wi-Fi is important, but you know what's more important? <laughs> Di- so make sure that you, make sure you're eating well and eating right. But if you're eating right, that's not all that you need. Okay, what you also need is exercise. And we all know that the most important thing is getting an insurance carrier that has the best cell phone plan. Okay. Now, before you stop me, let me just just one more second. Take a deep breath. Uh- Take a deep ass motherfucking breath. (sighs) Take a deep breath. (laughs) Take a deep breath. You're going to want to breathe in for seven seconds. Hold the breath for seven seconds. Breathe out for seven seconds. Hold the down at the bottom for seven seconds and breathe back in, you stinky cutie. I have found that this is called box breathing. A therapist told me to do it many years ago. And if I'm ever feeling ultra stressed out, if you just sit and set a timer for fucking three minutes and deep breath, seven minutes in, seven minutes in, seven (laughs) seconds in, breathe in for seven seconds, hold your breath for seven seconds, breathe out for seven seconds, you're going to feel way fucking better. You're going to open your eyes and you're going to see all sorts of beautiful colors you didn't even see before and smells and sounds and sights that you couldn't even freaking believe because there were too many possums in your sewage pipes. <laughs> but not anymore. For only 19 dollars free, you can take a deep ass breath. And after you've taken a deep breath, you can buy a cameo from
3: me. no. 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 You cannot advertise that every show. <laughs>
2: Okay, okay. Wait, 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 wait. Did you guys see, by the way, that Cameo is now doing Zoom calls? And you can buy a Zoom call with Jeremy Piven for $10,000 for 10 minutes.
0: Hit up, Jeremy Piven.
3: Isn't that fucking insane? Zach, it's so insane. I'm like, dang, should we do that? Yeah, I was like, <laughs> how much could I be charging? Like thousand
1: dollars for that? For I, mean,
0: ten I, don't, minutes, I shouldn't. Ten but anyway, take a deep breath. Breath. It's gonna help you out in the long run. What are what are your fans mm. called, Miles? The Miles Nation. I would say the Miles, Nation. The Miles Nation. Yeah, and then and formerly uh, something I won't repeat. But Stinky Little Cuties is the current title. Ah, okay. They are stinky cuties. They are part of the Miles Nation. And I freaking stan every damn one of them.
4: Do your your friends who use the metric system call themselves kilometers?
0: Absolutely they do. Kilometre nation.
4: (laughs) 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 Kilometre (laughs) nation.
1: Kilometre nation (laughs) from
0: (laughs) France. (laughs) Oh, (laughs) (laughs)
4: j'adore.
1: Well, thanks yeah. for joining us on yet another exciting episode of The Tripod. Make sure if you're feeling like you want a new shirt or something, we got some of those. Tryguys.com. Check it out. If you need some tea, check out Zatico.com. you need some hot sauce, Keyschickensauce.com. <laughs> These are all things you can have, I guess. Uh, we hope you're doing well. We hope you're staying sane. We, so, we hope you're staying healthy. And uh, thanks for joining us once again.
2: <laughs> Eugene, hit us with the official tripod theme song.
4: Don't be a banana. Bananas are lame. Because there's only one banana in the whole mother game. If you want diversity, <laughs> make sure you pick up your apples at the grocery. Because there's lots of them. It's the tripod. Gay rights.
3: <laughs> Until next time, stay beautiful.